I'm Liz Recchia, Government Affairs Director for the WeServe Association of Realtors. Thanks for joining me today. In 2019, we were fortunate to have Kelly Taft and Scott Wilkin join us for Coffee with Mag, a three-hour conversation of getting to know Mag, the Maricopa Association of Governments. The organization plays a large part in regional transportation planning for Maricopa and Pinal counties, but they are also a primary source for data on social services and infrastructure. MAG provides programs as well. One project and program we serve has been involved with is the Luke Air Force Base Strategic Growth Plan. We were part of the project conversations, and now we are acting on some of the program recommendations regarding housing and financial literacy of airmen. Other MAG programs include aging, domestic violence, economic development, homelessness, the environment, and public safety. For We Serve members and their clients, one of the most valuable portions of the MAG website is the Maps and Data section. You can find links to several MAG maps and data sets at weservegad.org or at azmag.gov. Enjoy part one of our three-part series conversation with Kelly and Scott as we discover all the resources MAG provides. Good morning, and thank you for coming. Our guests today are from MAG. And as some of you may remember, if you attended or saw the video of our January meeting, we had ADOT here. And ADOT mentioned that they were working together with MAG on the freeways here in the West Valley. But MAG is so much more than infrastructure, so much more than freeways. Well, today we have an opportunity to learn more about those data sets, to learn more about how to access them, to see the maps, to learn about the infrastructure, but also the community services and some of the other programs and planning, including the census that MAG participates in and makes possible for our region. So this is going to be a very broad, broad-ranging broad conversation. And I'm so happy that we have two representatives from MAG here today with us. We have Kelly Taft, who is the Communications Director for MAG, and we have Scott Wilkin, who is the Senior Planning Project Manager for the Regional Analytics Division. So please welcome Kelly and Scott. <laughs> Scott, you can sit here. And Kelly, you're here. Well, thank you both for coming today. We really appreciate your time and showing us through MAG and telling us who they are. So first of all, why don't you each tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to work for MAG, and a little bit about what you do. Well, thank you very much. Um, we really appreciate the opportunity to come here and tell you a little bit more about the Maricopa Association of Governments, or MAG, our roles and responsibilities in the region, and then maybe how, um, how we can work together. Um, my name is Kelly Taft. I'm the Communication Director at MAG. Um, I actually started at MAG in 1998 after uh, spending about 17 years in the broadcast news business and then transitioning into public relations. So coming up on my 21-year anniversary, so um, it's been a great organization um, to work for. And my primary duties are really to manage the communication function, which is everything from you know, media relations to our website, to our publications, to uh, overseeing a comprehensive public engagement program. Hi, Kelly. Uh, Liz, thanks for, for having us, and as, it's a pleasure to talk more about MAG. We love going Great. out and, and advertising what we do and who we are. Um, again, my name is Scott Wilkin. I'm the Senior Planning Project Manager. My background is that I have a master's in urban planning and worked for a number of different cities and towns and counties around the country in the Midwest before moving out here about 15 years ago, where I took a job with the city of Avondale. 
And one of the jobs I had, one of the duties I had while I was working at Avondale was to sit on the MAG Population Technical Advisory Committee. And uh, so I got to interact with the regional analytics staff and got to see the cool projects they do and, and the, the interesting information and, the, and just the great people there. And when uh, my predecessor uh, had a baby, decided she wanted to stay home with that baby, I jumped at the chance to, to come and, and, and fill that position. And now I'm working for uh, MAG Regional Analytics. And because of my city background, my city planning background, I'm able to interact directly with um, city planning staff, um, economic development staff, building code staff, all the, the different departments that uh, we need to get information from and get our data sets vetted by. And we're going to talk a little bit more about all the, the different projects we do, but as you're hearing about these, you're going to probably start thinking oh, a lot of data needs to go into that. And that's where my department comes in. We maintain a lot of data sets, and, and I help to, uh, to get those organized and get those vetted by the, by the cities and towns and all our member agencies, but perhaps even more important than that, and make sure that people are aware of that, and that's why we're so happy to be here today, so we can talk about the kind of stuff we have in-house at MAG. Terrific. So MAG is the Maricopa Association of Governments, and it was started in the 1960s. So let me read off the members of MAG. We have city, all the cities of Maricopa County, Maricopa County, the city of Maricopa, Florence, parts of Western Pinal, the State Transportation Board, Fort McDowell, Yavapai Nation, Gila River Indian Community, and the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community. So those are the members that are there. So tell us what MAG is, what it does, and why it does it. And, you know, it's interesting. MAG is actually, um, we, we do so many different types of things. It's one of those organizations that's really hard to encapsulate into right. any kind of an elevator speech. But Primarily, I like to tell people that MAG is a group of, work, of local governments who work together on issues that really affect the lives of every resident of the region. So it was formed, as you said, in the 1960s and 1967 as a council of governments to bring local governments together to address issues that cross jurisdictional boundaries. So things like transportation and air quality and domestic violence and human services and things that are common to all of our member agencies where you really can, uh, we can provide a regional forum for addressing some of those concerns. So we primarily, even though we have a lot of state and federal designations, we primarily provide planning and policy making in kind of five core areas. So safe and smart travel, the environment and sustainability, economy and growth, the uh, quality, improving quality of life, and then finally, just with our fiscal operations and all of that, providing safe and, and efficient operations. Okay. Great. And you're providing that data. Why is why why are those why was it decided that was important to do all that? Well, there's just a need for regional cooperation and planning, and to work with all of the state agencies. Now, some of our responsibilities are actually designations. Okay. So we can we serve kind of three different roles. We are a council of governments, which is really the coordination piece and working together with other okay. our member agencies to address common problems. And we also are designated as a metropolitan planning organization, which is a federal designation. Any area that has 50,000 or more in population has to have a designated MPO to do transportation planning. Uh, because And so to make sure that federal transportation funds are spent in a way uh, that's cooperative, communicative with, with everyone in the region. And then uh, we're also a transportation management area, too, which is another federal designation for any area that has 200,000 or more in population. And so we're also charged with things like um, we're the lead air quality planning agency, we're the lead solid waste planning agency, we do um, 
the 208 water quality management okay. plan, yeah. et cetera. Okay. So MAG is one of um, the 12 councils, right? 12 councils of governments in Arizona and one of eight metropolitan planning. Can you just give us a little better idea of councils versus metropolitan planning and do the planning agencies coordinate one to the other or is, how's that council regional planning work? Right, we do um, definitely work with the other councils of governments. We actually have an annual COG MPO meeting. We have a, a COG MPO board of directors that meets to share information. But there are basically six councils of governments in um, Arizona, and that's again those that if they deal with issues across city, uh, town, county, sometimes even state boundaries. So that would be um, groups like Central Arizona governments. Southeastern Arizona Governments Association, MAG, PAG, the Pima Association okay. of Governments are all councils of governments. For MPOs, there's like eight of those. And again, I described that that's kind of a federal role. Um, we're actually designated by the governor to serve in that federal role. But that's, that's places like Central Yavapai, uh, Flagstaff, like Havasu, MAG, PAG. So there's kind of eight that serve that role. So you mentioned the federal transportation funds and that type of thing. Do you apply for those funds or do the local municipalities or the state apply for them and then you help make sure that they're distributed according to the plan? How does that work? It's mostly formula funding. So they come back to, money comes back to the state and then, then is allocated to the region based things like gas tax funding, mm -hmm. high rate user revenue fund, and then the regional area road fund, which is sales tax, which is just mm -hmm. um, the Maricopa County portion for the half cent sales tax for transportation. So there's formula funding. So some of it goes you know, to the state and then ADOT gives MAG planning funds. And then some of it comes directly to MAG as a, um, an MPO. Yeah, okay. and, and Liz, you, you brought up the, the fact that we work together with, with our other COGS and MPOs around the state. And, and the, a great example of that is in Pinal County. Uh, you mentioned that one of our, some of our member agencies include Pinal County itself, right. City of Maricopa, Town of Florence, City of Apache Junction, which straddles both. Gila River Indian community is, is another. And it used to be CAG was just Pinal County and Gila County. Right. MAG was just Maricopa County. But then as, as the, the region started to grow, we started to kind of creep into Pinal County. Now we've got a really close relationship with CAG, and we work, really, we work directly with them on, um, on, on sharing resources for our shared member agencies. And we actually do some of the, the, the data work for all of Pinal County, and we have to have them coordinate with their own member agencies who are not MAG member agencies. And so we work together with them in addition to all the other ones, as Kelly said, that we, we have the annual meeting. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic there. It's yeah. a lot. That's good, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so MAG also performs lots of research, provides lots of data. You release studies and all sorts of information. Scott is going to go ahead and he's going to go over to that laptop over there and he's going to navigate us through the MAG website. But there's so much data, so much information. It's important for you to know both for your business and for your clients when they have to make a decision, this is a great data source for them to get true data and understand what their decisions are for wherever it is that they're looking at or whatever type of business that they're looking at. So do you want to go ahead and navigate us through that? It would be my pleasure. Um, the first thing that you're looking at right here on the screen is our homepage, uh, azmag.gov. That might be the easiest thing to remember, azmag.gov. But another thing that you could remember is maps.azmag.gov. And we actually have some flyers in the back, and we can provide an electronic copy Great. if you want to provide to the people who couldn't, couldn't be here today. 
But when you go to azmag.gov, we have a wealth of information here, but what I'm going to focus on is our maps and data section. And so if you click on maps and data, it'll bring you to this page that has a number of different options. And we have some stuff on air quality, we've got bikeways, regional information, but it's the interactive maps that I want to focus on. And so clicking on interactive maps is going to bring you to our maps homepage. And this is the other URL that I mentioned, maps.azmag.gov. If you scroll down, you can see we've got 12 different interactive map viewers right now. And at the very bottom of the screen, we also have um, some trainings and tutorials. We do a monthly training downtown, and we also do um, every couple months, we do one in West Phoenix and one in Gilbert. So if you're interested in that, it's a three-hour training. It's very intensive. You get to see everything. You get to put into practice what you're learning. It's, it's great, and you can sign up for training right there. I'm going to show you uh, a number of these as, as much time as, as Liz, Liz will give me. Um, like I said, the training we do is three hours, so I could probably take up the whole time doing this. In the interest of time, I've, I've preloaded some of these, but you just click on demographics or employment or read on and, and get to those. The first one I'm going to show you is our demographic map. And this one is information from the U.S. Census Bureau. This is mostly information from the American Community, Community Survey, which is a rolling survey goes on throughout the year, has a wealth of information from across the country, and they, they release the data at the end of each year in, in December. Uh, if you ever need anything from a decennial census, we've also got the most recent decennial census, but at this point, um, it's a little stale. But we've got a lot of stuff here, and all these maps you can navigate very similar to Google Maps. So if you, you know how to do that, you can, uh, you can get around in here. The maps itself map itself, you can click on maps over here on the left, and you can choose different topics to display on the map, such as total population, we have a lot of different age breakdowns, and if you click on one, it's going to automatically update and show you uh, what you just clicked on. We've got information about race and ethnicity, educational attainment, so here's a percent population with a graduate or professional degree, ability to speak English, uh, veteran status, households, household income, poverty status, commuting to work, occupation, housing, and vehicles available. And we also give you the option to, by default, we show uh, five different data classes, um, break the, the, the data into five different classes, but you can change that if you want. Um, as few as three or as many as nine, and then you can change how the, the data is broken down from natural breaks to in equal interval, quantile, or you can even do your custom, custom breaks there. And you can also change the colors if you really want to. Um, we've got a bunch of different color schemes, and there's some purple, but if you don't like the sequential, you can click on the, that again, go up there to diverging. And now on the map, we've got um, the low end of the data is the dark oranges, the high end of the data is the dark purples, and then all the light colors are right there in the middle. So after you've gotten all of those uh, different options selected, we've also got somewhere on here, Okay, I, a little behind-the-scenes stuff. Our developers are always working on this, and sometimes they, they work on stuff and remove stuff without telling me. Um, in the past, we've been able to print your map, and I don't see the print icon right now. So um, stay tuned for that coming back sometime soon. That's important for us, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it should be right down here, and mm -hmm. I'm going to give our lead developer a talking to when we get back. But it produces a, a nice PDF map of exactly what you're looking for. And at, looking at it at the screen, it's got your, um, your, your legend at the, at the side. You can um, put in notes. You can change the title, stuff like that.
Great. We've also got some uh, other layers that you can turn on. So if you want to put on uh, place boundaries, which is city and town boundaries, or American Indian areas, zip codes, you can put all, all these boundaries on there if you want. So legislative um, and congressional districts yes. up there, if you don't know where you are, you can find out quickly. There you go. There's that in the congressional districts in the yellow lines. And then uh, legend, all that does is get rid of the legend box. You can see the, the map a little bit better. But the reports is where um, the, the real power is. We've got a bunch of standard reports. And you click on this drop-down menu, and you can see a report by county, by place, by American Indian area, um, zip code, council of government, MPOs, which we just discussed. County supervisor districts, city council districts, legislative districts, congressional districts, census tracts, opportunity zones, elementary districts, secondary school districts, unified school districts, and state. Can you pop up an opportunity zones once? Is that such a hot topic right now one. for us? And let's sure. see what that looks like. So you click on opportunity zones, and then you can choose which opportunity zone you're interested in. So we'll choose one in Maricopa County. I have no idea where any of these are, but you hit submit. You hey wow. Uh, thank you. I've got a table here showing all of the census information up here. It says ACS 2017. That's the American Community Survey 2017. If you want census 2010 data, you can click on that and see that as well. But we'll stick with ACS because there's more stuff there. So you can see uh, the breakdown by gender, by age, select age groups, race and ethnicity. All that stuff that you can map is available here in the report. And so when I'm looking at the green and blue block there, 75th <laughs> Avenue, South Southern Borders, Peoria, that is the opportunity zone? Is that what yes. doing highlighting it? Yes, it is. Which, if you went to City of Peoria, Coffee with the City of Peoria in April, that is the old Peoria downtown site mm -hmm. that Scott and Kristen were talking about. So you can, if you didn't know where it was, you can easily locate it, and then you know what the sourcing is you need to go to. There you go. So all the stuff that you can map is here available in tabular form. And at the very top, you can click on export to Excel. And it creates an Excel file that you can download and manipulate and do whatever you need to with that. But there's a problem sending it to the, okay. So I've got two things to talk to our developer about. Um, <laughs> We're going to uh, help you out today. <laughs> yeah. He, every time I do a demo, I come back with stuff that uh, I have to yell at him about. So this shows all the data in Excel. And if you want to make some um, tables and charts and stuff like that, you can. So here, are all, here, here is everything, all of the ACS data for that opportunity zone. Same report for cities and towns, for counties, for school districts, all this stuff looks the same. It's just for the specific area that uh, you're looking at. Minimize that. We also have a PDF report here at the top. Click on the PDF button. And what that opens up is a pre-canned PDF report with all the data and some charts and some maps. And there we go. So uh, this is census tract 719.10, population uh, 6623. There's a map of it. Go on to the next page. So we get it started getting into that data, but it's, it's listed there, but that's also charted. And you can see all of it there in a nice pie chart. Some pie charts down there. All of it's here. Household income, poverty status, modes of transportation, occupation, occupancy, vehicles available, race, ethnicity, age, and a giant disclaimer. <laughs> so, 
Think about this data in relation to your small business owners. They want If they have a particular product or service that is targeted, let's say that they run a kinder care, they want to go someplace where they know there's going to be children or there's people working who would probably have children. That's the places they want to investigate. This is great data for them to be able to access so they can target their search for where it is they want to locate so that they find the populations they're trying to serve. Some of your nonprofits have specific needs that they service. This is terrific data for them to end up being able to target the areas that their services are best utilized in, and they're not wasting their time going to areas that they thought might be areas that were useful for them. So there's a lot of uses for this that helps your clients as well as you in your business. And there's a couple other ways to find data on there. This was a pre-canned report, um, selecting that, uh, that opportunity zone at random. But if you go back to reports, you can do a custom geographic search, and you can find, you can look at the data for just any block group just by clicking on point of interest, and then you just select a block group and or a county. Let me zoom in a little bit. If you're looking at uh, a region and you want to select a bunch of different block groups, it's not cooperating today. All right, three things to yell at them. So what this is supposed to do is select block groups and you can get a report just like you saw before for the block group. So if you're looking at a specific area but doesn't match up with a zip code or an opportunity zone or a city boundary or something, you can create those. Great. And then the last one, and I don't know if this is going to cooperate either, advanced selection. This allows you to do a search by characteristics. So if you want to do a search for block groups that have least population of 500, and you want to find block groups that have a median household income uh, greater than $30,000. You can hit submit and it'll find 3,412 block groups. Okay, we're gonna cancel that because that is gonna take some time. Um, but here at the bottom, it tells you how many that you found and you can keep adding parameters and, and find block group areas that you're interested in. So you can generate reports based on characteristics of those block groups. And this is, this is important if you're working with clients who are trying to access some of those federal funds, particularly in the rural areas, because the federal government has definitions on what the max amount of population can be. In fact, I was just, when I was in Washington, D.C. last week, I was talking to one of our representative staff about some of the information that they need in order, because they're very interested in the rural areas. They're down in southern Arizona, and they're interested in some of those programs that are being offered for the, bringing the Internet to rural areas counties and rural cities. So one of the things we talked about is in our membership area, we have those population areas and we can provide them because we're going to go here and provide them what's the population of these areas so that they can better target to serve their constituency and it helps our membership and the people who, who live there as well. So this is a great tool to use if you're trying to access state or federal funds and there's population limitations, which there are frequently. So the great thing about this is that if you've ever tried to use the Census Bureau's website, the American Fact Finder, you, you know that it's kind of clunky and you have to know what you're looking for. It's hard. <laughs> we put it all here and it's in a map form and, and so hopefully it's easier. And it's way easier. It almost always works. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, next thing I want to show you is the Employment Viewer. This is coming from a data set that we create and then vet through our cities and towns. It tracks every employer with five or more employees. We started off just doing our own region. Recently, we've, we, the last couple of years, we started working with our sister COGS and MPOs. And now we've got a database for the entire state, every employer in the state with five or more employees. And you can get information about the employers themselves, what they do, what their NAICS code is, 
Um, you can map by, uh, by different industry clusters, or you can map by key industries. These are what our economic development friends told us are the things that they're going out to actively recruit. So here are, here's where aerospace companies locate. And as I zoom in, these dots are actual employers. So there's Aerotech Inc. It's got 26 employees in Phoenix. It's a business services industry, but they do aerospace. And so you can get information that way. Um, we've also got information by in, about internationally owned businesses. So you can map where the internationally owned businesses are. Click on that one. There's uh, Ulta Salon Cosmetics. They are a company owned by a company in Bermuda. did not know that. So um, they've got 155 employees right there. We've got information about uh, foreign ownership, and we can uh, do some reports on that. Um, you can get different reports by zip codes, city and town, counties. One cool thing I wanted to show you um, in the city reports, all these tabs show you the different information about the, uh, the employers. If you go down to the bottom, the last tab is Live Work Maps. This is coming from the Maricopa County Travel Reduction Program Survey, or TRP survey. It's a program that MAG funds through the county, and it surveys every employer in Maricopa County with 50 or more employees. So if you've ever worked with somewhere that has 50 or more employees, you've gotten that pink sheet of paper, you fill it out um, once a year, tell, tell what, the, what are the major cross streets near where you live, what's your regular work schedule, stuff like that. From that data, we can create these maps showing where people in a certain jurisdiction, where they work in a jurisdiction, where they're coming from. So this is showing where people working in Peoria live. This darkest green is the highest concentration of workers, followed by the light green, then this yellowish color, then the brown. The purple line is 80% of the city of Peoria's workforce lives within there. And so you can see most people working in Peoria live somewhere in the Northwest Valley. And we can also do the reverse. Just scroll down a little bit there. Where do Peoria residents go to work? The darkest red is the highest concentration. So you can see that we've got some concentrations near Peoria, up in Deer Valley, downtown Phoenix, then the salmon color, and then this yellow color, then the blue, and then the white. And so you can see where the people who live in Peoria go to work every day. We've got these pairs of maps for every city and town in Maricopa County. And the economic development staff at our member agencies love that. Other thing that they love, and you might be even more interested in, um, is a report that we created, started a couple years ago, called Commute Sheds. Because we have so much data, cities and towns will come to us saying, we've got this business lead that wants to locate at X intersection, and they want to know everything there is to know about businesses and the people who live and work within the half-hour drive of, of that intersection. And it's something we, we're able to do. It's it's great resource. We, we can work with our transportation modelers to find where that 30-minute morning commute line is. The problem is it takes them about a week or two to create that, and you can probably guess that when you're an uh, economic development professional working in the city and you've got a company that wants to locate, they want the data right away. Yeah. So what we did was we worked with the cities and towns to say, what are the major intersections that people are asking about? We'll create those 30-minute boundaries in advance, and then we can create the reports, and then you can give them these reports whenever they're, they're interested in a, uh, somewhere in your city. The beauty of these is that the data, the, it's such a wide area that the data doesn't change a lot as you go a few miles away from an intersection. So you can see here on the map, these, and I'm going to turn off the employer points so you can see it better. These purple diamonds represent the intersections that, we're, um, that people were interested in. And there's enough overlap that we, we think we've got pretty, pretty good coverage across the, the whole MAG region. So if I click on one, or I, you can also go back and select one from the, the drop-down menu, but I'll click on this one up here near where we are. 
This is Bell Road and 101. Click on View Summary, and you've got all, this, all these statistics about within 30-minute drive. I'll move this out of the way so you can see it a little be bit better. The blue line is the 30-minute commute line to Bell and 101. 30-minute AM commute time in the morning without an accident or anything like that. Click on the uh, PDF report, and you're going to get this two-page report that, you can, that the cities can hand to the uh, prospects. So there again, there's the 30-minute drive time commute area. The total number of employers and total number of jobs within half an hour of that intersection. Top 10 private employers by number of jobs. Then the industry clusters, number of people working outside the 30-minute drive time area or working inside or staying, working in and living in, in the 30-minute area. These are the major occupations of the people who live within 30 minutes of the intersection. Long-range population and employment projections for the 30-minute area. Median home sales price that we uh, get from, uh, from information market. Then we've got, scroll back up, highest level of education, median age of residence, median household income, all of that data for within 30 minutes of Bell and 101. So if you're a commercial agent, think about how that helps your clients and their choices in location, <laughs> information that they wouldn't normally be able to easily access. And you can certainly update, you can easy peasy update the housing information. So. Sure. That's great. And like I said, the, the data doesn't change dramatic, dramatically as you get away. So for where we are right now at, um, at, at 91st in, in Union Hills, yeah. you could probably use this specific report if somebody's looking at this, this mm -hmm. building. It's, uh, they're pretty flexible. Um, gives them a, a great snapshot of, of the area they're looking in. So that's the, those are the major things on the employment. This one does have a print map that is active if you want to print the, the map there. Um, next one I wanted to show is one that we did in conjunction with Redon Arizona. It has data about public and charter schools across the state. All these dots are every public or charter school in the state. We don't have any data on private schools, but public and charter schools are, are all there. If you click on a school, you're going to see information about that school. There's Park Ridge Elementary, school grade of A, um, ELA passing of 58%, math passing of 66% it's in the Peoria Unified School District. If you click on school, you can get a report about enrollment, student demographics. Oh, it's loading these, these little badges. Yeah. All, they all have these badges up here at the top, Title I school, percent free and reduced lunch, stuff like that. AZ merit scores, chronic absence rate, uh, some stuff from the American Community Survey about the block group the school is located in. So there's a lot of information about schools. And you can also click on the district there, and you can get information about oh, the, uh, the school district as well. That's very good. So how many of you have people who want to buy a house and they think they know the school district, they're basing off the school district, or they think they're basing off the school district? This is where they can go. Give them a link to this and they can go find out for themselves if the school district they think is fantastic is as fantastic as they think, mm -hmm. um, which I will tell you when I was a mom, that wasn't true. So <laughs> <laughs> I found other school districts that were better than what everyone said there was. So this is a great way for them to do their own research and you can link them in easily to this and become a terrific resource for them. So the one thing I should mention on this is the current limitation on this is only for schools with kindergarten through third grade. Um, Redon was interested in that age demographic, uh, age bracket right there. We're talking to them about maybe expanding it beyond third grade to include all the grades. But we also have worked with them to create this school's dashboard. Now this is every public or charter school in the state, every grade, and it's not as map intensive, but it has a lot of data. 
And so it'll show you on the map where the school is located, but you can find from the drop-down menu or over here on the, on the left, you can see the list of schools. But we're gonna scroll down just at random, John F. Long. So here's the data for the schools loading right now. So there's where it's located. Here are the, the, those badges there. Then we scroll down some more. We've got the ELA math and science scores. We've got, what is this? AZ Merit and Ames passing scores from a few years ago. AZ Merit breakdown, student enrollment demographics. No data for that one. Um, some of these, we don't have the data yet, but we're getting it. Enrollment by subgroup, chronic absence rate, by grade enrollment trends, student enrollment by grade, um, AZ Merit and Ames science scores, trends, ELA score trends, scores by cohort, free and reduced lunch trends, district table summary. There it is, all the schools in that district. And yeah, just keep going. More test score stuff, scatter plot, all kinds of information about the school. This is all 2018 data. You can go back a couple of years. Nice. And at the very top, you can also um, get information by district. There it is. By district from the drop-down menu or by city or by zip code. So tons of information on the, uh, the school's dashboard. Most of the stuff on this and the, the read-on viewer is from the Department of Education. The next one I wanted to show you is all of the ones that, that I've shown so far are statewide. Um, the rest are going to be just for the MAG region. This one is uh, the Regional Activity and Destination Viewer. This one is all about recreational opportunities. These cactus icons represent parks. And if you zoom in, more parks show up. So these are all public parks. So we can click on one up here. Here's Utopia Park. Um, and it's got a list of all the amenities. Lighted basketball court, lighted volleyball sand court, open turf area, shaded playground, ramada, picnic tables, grills, and drinking fountains. Gives you the address. It can take you to their website. You can find out all the stuff about the parks. Um, we've, we, we learned that all of our member agencies have information about their own parks on their website, but there's nowhere that we could find all the parks. And so we put it all on one map. If you're interested in a specific activity to do at a park, this drop-down menu up at the top allows you to um, search for, let's say, pickleball. Now, here are all of the pickleball courts in the region. There we go. <laughs> There's more than you think. There we go. So uh, you can click on Rio Vista Community Park, and it's got all kinds of stuff, including pickleball. This one actually has a detailed map, too. I'll clear that because there's another cool thing they added where you can, you can search by location, you can also search by activity. So everybody in this room loves pickleball, I'm sure. But what if your partner, your kids, want to go play horseshoes while you're playing pickleball? You can search for both of those. And now here are all the parks that have both pickleball and horseshoes. And you can keep adding stuff. If, if you've got another kid who's into DEK hockey, there's all those parks there too. Nice. And you can limit it to certain cities too. If you don't want to drive all the way to Apache Junction, you can, you can limit it to, uh, to, say, Chandler and find where all those, those are. In addition to parks, we've got a number of different other activities like community centers, libraries, farmers markets, zoos and aquariums, <coughs> botanic gardens, and all kinds of stuff here that uh, you might want to do, and you can map that. But so I used to use this map for my clients for the 
for whatever reason, they liked the bikes, the bikeways. And I had people who wanted to know about the golf courses, of course. Mm-hmm. So that was, so it's perfect. You can, if someone says, where's the nearest, whatever. Well, go here and you can find not only the nearest, but all of them. It was really good. Thank you. Thank you. So that shows all the golf courses? You can, you can search for golf courses. Right there. There's all the golf courses. And, and Liz mentioned the bikes. I'm going to get to the actual bikeways viewer in, in a moment, but all these colored lines we stole from the bikeways map so you can see what the, where the bikeways are and what type they are. Turn that off for a moment so we can get a little better view of public transportation because this is a really cool feature that we added. These are bus routes, and this pink line, the black lines are bus routes. The pink line is light rail. But if you zoom in enough, bus stops show up. And if you click on a bus stop, click on a bus stop, not the nice. bus route, It'll tell you the uh, upcoming arrival times. It's pulling directly from uh, Valley Metro's website. And if I'm not mistaken, like, like in Avondale, they have the Zoom. Don't, doesn't Zoom show up on this map as well as the... I believe, the, I believe I, so, yeah. I, I'm almost positive I saw Zoom routes as well, which surprised me because you always think about the regular bus routes. But right. one of the things that was really great is, say, oh, no, there's a Zoom in this city. And in here, Peoria has its, its form of that too. And you can see where that, those, those are as well. So... It'll load faster on your own computer or your phone, by the way. These are all mobile-friendly, all these sites. But this will show you the upcoming arrival times according to Valley Metro. The next one I wanted to highlight, as we discussed, as Liz mentioned, is the, the bikeways map itself. We produce, produced a paper of bikeways map for years, and it's very popular. And we decided to put it online a few years ago. And so this is now electronic version of the bikeways map. And you can see all the bikeways there. We can also turn on bike shops pictures of bikeways, crossing, grid bike locations, and that same bus stop information, see if it loads here. Okay, this one I'm gonna blame on Valley Metro, but it, it, it should load the uh, upcoming uh, bike time, or bus, bus times. This one's very mobile friendly, so this will, this, will, this will look great on your phone. Not a lot of stuff in the way to, uh, to clutter up the map. The next one we have is our land use viewer. We have a big database of all the existing and future land use information across our region. And so you can see a big legend over here showing you what all the colors mean. You can get city and town reports. Um, this is existing land use. We've also got future land use based on general plans. And then if you click on enable layer swipe, click and hold this black box here, move back and forth, you can see how the land is, is planned to change from existing to future. And we got some uh, developments project information as well. Um, this isn't current as of today, but it's, it, it seems pretty useful, especially if you were interested in what's, what's going on in a project. Um, unless it started in the last three or four months, it's probably going to be on here giving you some, some stuff about that. So what I used the first two maps that he showed that were the land use maps, the current and the future. I used to use those all the time. I used it when I was buying my own house. Like, what's going to be around me? Now, the caveat you have to make sure your clients understand is cities change their city plans. So this information is based on city plans as people know it, as that data is available today. If your city changes their city plan next year, then that information could change. Instead of being in apartments, it could become single-family detached houses. Instead of single-family detached houses, it could become industrial. So one of the caveats you have to make sure your clients understand is this is the, the truth as of today. This is the, de- the data that's available. However, cities change their mind. And if they do, that, that just is going to happen. That's part of living in America. So they just need to understand they need to be in contact with their cities if they're, if they're interested in knowing if that land use is planned currently to change at all. 
so that caveat is the one thing you want to make sure your clients know. Right. If anybody, if the if the owners propose a general plan right. amendment, then that's that that's the key thing there. But you're right. It can they they, they change change uh change often. The next one I wanted to show is our long range socioeconomic projections. We create projections of population, dwelling units, and employment every three or four years. Um, this one was approved in June of 2016, and the new set is under review right now. Um, that's going to be what I'm going to be doing as soon as I get back to the office this afternoon, because this was supposed to be uh, approved by the MAG Regional Council next month. What this is showing is right now it's showing total population by a geography called Traffic Analysis Zone. It doesn't it mean much, but it's a little geography that our uh, transportation modelers use. What you can do with the map is you can look at total population. This is 2015. You can change it by year, and it'll update, showing you the total population for the year you're looking at. And if you click on, I'll get back get back to that in a moment. The total population, um, number of households or dwelling units, or number of jobs that are projected through 2050. Uh, our new set's going to go through 2055. It's not going to be too too different overall than than this set. It's going to be overall a little bit lower um, total, but uh, the patterns are going to be roughly the same. And you can change the, the number of breaks, the colors, all that kind of stuff. In reports, we also give you the ability to look at a, a report for a municipal planning area, which is the area that, of the ultimate city um, annexation buildup. Whatever they're showing on the general plan is what we consider an MPA. But you can also do custom summaries of an area. You can look at this this area right there and, and, and see the uh, projections. Here, I'll move this so you can see it better. So there's the area that I grabbed, and now you're seeing the, the, the population, number of households, number of jobs projected through 2050. And the last one is something kind of similar to the, the Parks Viewer. This one is Neighborhood Explorer. These are all, all these little icons that are cluttering up the screen right now are activities or places that people might be interested in going. So we got community places like schools, consulates, hospitals, airports. We've also got the fun stuff like casinos, museums, movie theaters, bowling alleys. If you click on one, it'll give you information about that place, and sometimes it has even a web, uh, website for it. The really interesting thing that we can do with this, click on somewhere, pop a pin right there. It's asking me, what are you interested in? How far away? We'll say four miles, click go. And this circle is four miles from where I clicked. And now here's a list of all the aquatic centers within four miles of that spot. Nice. Um, and as you click on one, it'll zoom to it. And you can actually click on it and get the uh, information about that place. And so we've got all that stuff, fire stations, hospitals, bowling alleys, golf courses, movie theaters, performing arts, stadiums, and arenas. So if you've got somebody who's interested in a place and they want to know what's around it, it's a quick and easy um, way to, to get the information and show them Hey, there's fun stuff near where you're looking to buy a house. That's terrific. So the map before this was the projections going out to 2050, and you're going to do 2055. Think about all the things that we talk about we need to give input on. Our cities are going through their general plan updates right now. So if you or your clients want to weigh in on that general plan, you have a place to go say, hey, projections are in 2050. This thing, this road, this population will be here. Tell me more about how we're going, how what we're doing today gets us to that point. Um, it, it gives you a chance when you go to the I-11, you can target in on that area. And then when you go to those meetings, the input you're giving is based on 
information that you've seen. So it's not just wandering in and saying, hey, tell me what this is. You might actually be able to ask really important questions that give you great information beyond the general. Or if you have a particular opinion about what should happen or should not happen, this may help you make your point more accurately and more concisely than just wandering in and saying, I don't like that. So it's important, yeah, stand up. <laughs> um, it's important that you be able to access this so as a citizen, as a resident, you can make your own personal opinions known, but also so that you can give the information to your clients and they can do the same. It also helps them when they're making their decisions on their business or their houses. So this is fantastic. It's, these maps are so much nicer than they were even a couple of years ago. Thank you. Amazing. Our guys are always back there working on it. That's why some of it's broken right now. They're always fixing stuff. They're always improving it. And we're going to a new format that'll be even more mobile friendly. So it should wow. work better on your phones in the future. So it'll be easier to be out in the field and, and, and get pull up whatever, whatever you need. It's great. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. I'm mentioning it. This was a very, very quick version of the three-hour class that we do. If you want to sign up, it's right here at the bottom of maps.easymag.gov. Terrific. All right. It's nice to know you have some on the west side, too, some of the trains. Yes. They don't have to go all downtown. Yep. So I mentioned before the break that there's uh, another viewer that I didn't get to. There's actually two more that I want to show you real quickly. This one, like I said, it's the map version of a very, very thick book. So it's a lot easier to to navigate and find what you're actually interested in looking at. And you can look at it as a, in the map form. The, there's a table at the bottom that has all the information and then as you zoom in, it's showing you just the projects that are on the map at the time. So you can see the, the dots and the lines and the shapes, all this stuff, these are, these are projects. And down here at the bottom, so if we're looking at the entire region, it's, it's listing all of the, the projects, but as you zoom in more, that table is getting updated and you can so click on, click on a shape and see the information. You can either click on the mag ID right there in the box, or you can go down here to the table and click on that mag ID there. And that'll bring up all the information. It'll show you wow. where it is, sponsoring agency, project ID, location, project type, source of funding, project total, all that kind of stuff. Anything you'd want to know from the tip is here in the viewer. And the last one I wanted to show quickly is it's our active transportation plan this used to be called the, the bike ped plan, bicycle pedestrian plan. They're now referring to it as, as active transportation. But this shows you all of the projects that people have requested be added to the plan. And you can actually click on those and see what the comment was. This one from back from January, I use a walker. I, I've had bike riders run me off the sidewalk and even hit me um, at 19th Avenue and Butler to Northern. And so somebody's requesting improvements there. The, Ability, the, the thing that we've added for this, the, the real, the, the main function of this viewer is to deprive your comments. If you have a bicycle, pedestrian, active transportation project that you would like to suggest, you can click on the, the drop-down menu, select the type, say uh, bike, put in your comment, location description, your contact information, and you go to the page and click where the, the project would be located and then it'll uh, go to our, our active transportation planners and they will see the comment and they'll bring it up to the committee and, and those are, that's how they know what people are requesting. Wow. I'm not gonna do it right now because I don't wanna add fake projects to their plan, but <laughs> that's, that's how that works. So is that if somebody says, I think we need a, a red light, a traffic signal light at this corner. A crossing light yeah. or Whatever ADA ramp or any, any of that kind of stuff, yes. That's the idea. 
That's terrific. So you guys can real time with those things that you say, I wish someone would do something. You can tell them. <laughs> That's great. And you can also always go to, if you go to the azmag.gov slash comment, if you have any comments on our transportation plan that, um, that you want to make, and we'll make sure that gets to the right people as well. So. As you can tell, we learned a lot about MAG at Coffee with MAG. Listen to parts two and three to learn more and be a valuable source of the source to your clients. We serve GAD, advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.